Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. I'm your host, Janice, and on today's episode, I've done a bit of research on natural and artificial food preservatives. I'll review the types of preservatives that are used in processed foods, sharing a few examples of each, why they are used, and their impacts on your health. We live in a world surrounded by fast food delivery, microwavable and canned foods, all for the sake of convenience as we navigate our busy lives in this modern world we live. But with convenience comes processed foods, as I mentioned earlier, and with processed foods comes additives. These are used to serve as a technological function to maintain or improve the food's safety, freshness, taste, texture, or even its appearance. Come to think of it, we all know a common preservative that's used on a daily basis, and that's salt. It's been used for centuries in meats such as steaks and bacon. Another is sugar, which is used in jellies and marmalades, and sulfur dioxide. I know it sounds like chemistry. It's actually used in wine to prevent oxidation. When these additives are used in the context of safety, food production companies are ensuring food remains in good condition, such as preserving the nutritional quality and enhancing the stability of the food throughout its journey, which could be from factories or industrial kitchens to warehouses and grocery stores before reaching us, the consumers. The Food and Agricultural Organization, along with the World Health Organization, groups food additives into three broad categories. They are flavoring agents, enzyme preparations, and other additives. First, let's dive into flavoring agents. These agents can be natural and extracted from plants, herbs and spices, animals, and essential oils. Artificial flavoring is made from chemicals instead of natural sources and added to food to improve the aroma or taste. Artificial flavoring makes up the greatest number of additives used in foods and there are over 1,000 synthetic flavorings. For example, benzyl phenyl acetate. It's a clear colorless liquid with a honey-like flavor. It has a sweet floral odor and cocoa flavors and it's used as flavoring in food and beverages. Another is potassium sorbate, which has been effectively used for decades to inhibit mold and yeast in cheeses, wine, yogurt, and baked goods. And another example is one we commonly hear about, the infamous MSG, or monosodium glutamate, which is a common flavor enhancer in Chinese food, canned vegetables, soups, and processed meats. Moving on to enzyme preparations. What is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. In food processing, active enzymes have a technical effect utilized in food processing at very low levels and are often removed from the final product or inactivated. For example, enzymes used in processing starch into glucose are removed during purification of the syrup. Or enzymes used in baked goods are inactivated by high temperatures during the baking process. These enzymes may come from plants, animal tissues, or microorganisms. And last on our list, we have other additives, which are used to slow decomposition caused by mold, air, 
bacteria or yeast, and these preservatives help control contamination that can cause foodborne illness, including life-threatening botulism. Now that we've gone over the different types of food preservatives and additives, you may be wondering how these preservatives affect our health. The World Health Organization, in partnership with the Food and Agricultural Organization, has a responsibility of assessing the risks to human health from food additives. Furthermore, risk assessments of food additives are conducted by an independent international expert scientific group called the Joint FAO slash WHO Expert Committee on Food Additives, or the JEFCA. Whether the food additive is derived from a natural source or it's synthetic, they undergo a safety assessment and the JEFCA authorizes the use of these additives at specified levels for specific foods through toxicity or toxicology tests and establishing an acceptable daily intake or an ADI. As we are all aware, anything in our world in mass amounts can be harmful to our health and food preservatives may have some harmful effects as well. These include sulfites, which are common preservatives used in fruit, and this helps from keeping the fruit from browning and this preservative may lead to headaches, palpitations, allergies, and even cancer. Nitrates and nitrites are used in curing agents. Think about bacon, other processed or cured meat such as ham and salami, and these increase your risk of heart disease and some might even damage your blood vessels, making your arteries more likely to harden and narrow, and it may cause headaches, dizziness, flushing, or lightheadedness. Sorbates, and I mentioned this earlier in our podcast and went over potassium sorbate, is used to fight bacteria. It inhibits molds and yeasts in cheeses, wine, yogurt, and baked goods, and essentially helps prevent food spoilage. And though rare, sorbates in its pure form can um, be a skin, eye, or respiratory irritant. Now, going back to the common flavoring agent that I'd like to highlight in this podcast, monosodium glutamate, or MSG, this one in particular has received many anecdotal reports of adverse reactions to foods in which it's contained, including headaches, sweating, chest pain, nausea, weakness, and flushing, to name a few. However, in an article by Mayo Clinic, researchers have found no definitive evidence of a link between MSG and these symptoms. And though researchers do acknowledge a small percentage of people may have short-term reactions to MSG, these symptoms are usually mild and don't require any treatment. So in closing, the only way to prevent a reaction to any food preservative is to avoid processed foods that contain them. So this means eating fresh, unprocessed foods when they are available. So this wraps up our episode on preservatives. So thank you for taking the time to listen to the scientific episode on the different preservatives, such as flavoring agents and additives. We hope you found this information useful. And if you have further questions about the effects of preservatives on your health, please be sure to ask your primary care provider. And also for more information about these preservatives and other ingredients added to your processed foods, you can visit the website for generally recognized as safe or GRAS. And I will share the link on the show notes of this episode. Lastly, if you have any topic ideas for our podcast, please email us with that idea at sharpbesthealth@sharp.com. Until next time, have a great day. Download this episode 
and find more great information on health and wellness by visiting Sharp Best Health on Sharp.net.